In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, give you thanks and praise for the graces in our lives. Lord, especially that, the, that you may love us, help us to open our hearts, to surrender more to your love and to your grace and to your mercy in our lives. Amen. As we enter into the sun of the spring and summer season, it ends up being kind of like wedding season in the church. And weddings are always a challenge for us priests to, to care. Right? Weddings are a challenge. They really are. They're all a dime a dozen, and for them, they feel like it's the center of the universe. It's like, okay, you matter. Um, who here has ever been to a wedding ceremony before? Any takers? Wedding ceremonies? They're fun. They're adorable. They're all the same. However, what's beautiful about it is if you really enter into the spirituality of, of a marriage, of a, real, of a real true beautiful wedding, is that this couple, these individuals, for months have been preparing themselves. They were dating and talking and meeting parents, and then they were like, okay, I want to do this. They started crying, and then they enter into like a deeper relationship, and then they start, they start preparing for the practical. They have to fulfill their careers. They have to find a place to live. They have to buy furniture. They have to apply for a marriage license. All these things before, before their wedding day. And then... Wedding day happens. And they exchange their vows. Whole focal point. They exchange their vows to each other. That I will completely love you to my death. I will completely love you until my death. And that's beautiful. And then the rings and the crowns, all these things after the fact. And then months later and years later, the practicalities of life. Mortgages and taking care of a house and good times and bad and the sickness and the health and laundry and laundry and laundry and never-ending laundry. Right? As is the nature of so, many li- so much of our lives. However, the, the vows, right? The actual vows are what make a marriage a marriage. The mutual giving, the mutual receiving of love of the other person. So in our own lives, in the Christian life, right? The, the relationship with God and the church, the relationship with God and his people has oftentimes been correlated, been an analogy of a marital love. Really a marital love, that God has given his love and we respond to his love by giving him our love. And all the details of the church, all the details of the Christian life are extremely important. Just like the details of a marriage are extremely important. You have to make sure that you pay your mortgage, you feed your children, that you figure out your problems, that you give mercy, all these things. They're important. But the foundation and the source of the details of the practicalities has to be that, has to be that love. And it's the same thing for the Christian life. If all we do in the Christian life is focus on the Christian life, not go back to the source and draw from the source of why we're even Christian, why we even follow Jesus, is because of the love of God, then it's empty. And it becomes very much a burden instead of a joyful part of our lives and our day. So that's what I want to focus on. I want to focus today, every once in a while, and even in a marriage, even in a Christian life, it's healthy to just pause every once in a while and refocus back on on the source, on the root. And today's readings are really, really beautiful for that. So let's, let's enter into that. We heard first um, in Ephesians. St. Paul is preaching to the Ephesians. He says, But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. That everything we do in our lives, everything we know about the love of God, everything we do in our lives and as far as prayer and, and growing in Christian life and growing Christian values, all of it is grace. All of it is the means by which God saves us in his grace. And grace is defined as the free and undeserved help from God. 
that what we do, everything we do has got to be the, the grace of God. Think about even the Mass, right? When I enter into Mass, that we say all the time, like, like three, four times in Mass, we say, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. The grace, the grace, the grace, the grace. Everything is grace. Like by, the, by the hands of the priest, I consecrate the bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus. Not because of me, but because of the grace of God. You fall in sin and you go to confession and the priest absolves you. And I say, I absolve you. It's from the hands of the priest. But it's not because of me. It's by the grace. Everything goes back to grace. Everything you do in life is the grace of God. You only love God because of the grace of God. You only respond to the grace of God by the grace of God. Everything goes back to God. Everything goes back to the grace, to the grace of God. And if we desire to know the love of God, because that must be the root and the foundation of everything we do in the Christian life. It can't just be the virtues. It has to be founded in the love of God. That what Christ came to do by the incarnation of God, by the creation of Adam and Eve, the creation of the world, is for humanity to enter into a loving relationship with God, to love God. God, this is what Christ is preaching today. And the super long gospel we have today in the wisdom of the church is all of John 17. This is the prayer of Jesus before his death and resurrection. That his desire, his whole purpose of existence is to draw us into love of him, the love of the Father. Jesus prays, Jesus prays in the gospel today. Holy Father, Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. And he continues, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they might be one, even as we are one. And them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. That the love of the Trinity, right, we're going a little deeper here today. Try to stay focused. It's important. That the love of the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the communion of love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what we are called to do as mere creatures created by God, we're called to enter into that love. Not in a subtle way, not in a kind of way, quasi way. Jesus' prayer that you may love them as you have loved me. That the Father's love for the Son... That God the Father's love for Jesus Christ is the same love that we get from God the Father. It all goes back to the love of God. And what is Christ praying today? He's praying for unity. That if the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit is this constant prayer, the depth of our faith, the means and the foundation and the font of all the life and the grace that we have in the Christian life, is unity of love. The evil one is disunity. The evil one wants to sow division. That's why the scandal of the church is division. The Orthodox and Catholic churches in America and the West, all these Protestant churches, every corner of the world has Protestant churches. The division of the church is a worldwide scandal against the unity of God. We can fix that in prayer and patience and dialogue for a different time. But even pray with that, uh, uh, think of an earthly father. Father has ten children, and there's a division amongst them, a hatred amongst them. How devastating is that for parents, for a father? His love is for his children to be united. That's his goal, that's his mission, at least a good father. 
How much more so for our Heavenly Father? He wants us to be united, to be united in love. That's why the scandal in, like scandals in the church and division in the church, within the church is such a scandal because we should be united in the love of God. But what happens? So much of what we do in the Christian life, just like a normal marriage life, a normal family life, gets absorbed with the practical. How many meetings do I have about roofs and parking lots and extensions of grottos and ministries and air conditioning units and then laundry and laundry and laundry? Does laundry ever end? Never. It'll always be there. The only reason, hopefully, in your home that you do laundry is because of the love of that marriage in a healthy marriage. Some marriages are imperfect. It's life. But the image is of God's love. That the only reason you're here today on Sunday is because you're cooperating with the grace of God. The only reason that God has saved you from salvation, because we don't deserve it, because our grace is an undeserved gift, is because the love of God. Everything must go back and be rooted and founded and drawn from the source of the love of God. And not in a childish way. We're like, Jesus loves me. He does love you. But in a deep way, in a theological way, in this deep prayer, Christ is about to die. And his only prayer is for us to know the unity and the communion of love that he wants to draw us into. That's the why. We have to know why we do what we do. Otherwise, it's empty and fruitless and frivolous. So what do we do? And how do we do it? What does St. Peter do? After the resurrection of Jesus, all the apostles are sent out. Right? What does Peter do in Acts of the Apostles today? In the wisdom of the church, we have Acts of the Apostles. It says, The next day, as they were on the journey and coming near the city, Peter went up the, house, the, house, the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. What is the sixth hour? About noon. Did it say, Peter went on the morning of Sunday in the first day of the week to pray, period, and never prayed ever again. All he prayed was on random Sundays. It doesn't say that. That the response that we have to have, my brothers and sisters, we must absolutely have to have, is if the love of God is true, that if the incarnation of Jesus Christ is true, if his death and resurrection are true, if the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit is true, if we respond to the graces of the love of God is true, we have to respond. And we have to want to respond. And the response is prayer. And we pray... Because of the love of God, we don't pray for ourselves only. That is very secondary to why we pray. The primary focus of why we pray is for the glory of God. We start Mass by saying glory to God in the highest. That's the first thing we do. That's why we're here, is to give glory to God and to enter our own hearts into the unity of the love of God the Father, of of Jesus Christ, and of the Holy Spirit. It's a little deep, I know, but there's a depth to the faith the true depth that we need to enter into. And as we pray this Mass, pray these prayers, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forever.